It is Friday, August 11th. Welcome back to baseball today. My name is Trevor Plouffe sitting in his studio. Jerry Blevins with the Bengals hats on. Chris Rose is gone. He's covering the NFL, I believe. It doesn't matter. He steps out. We bring a savage in. Jerry, how are you doing, my guy? I'm great, man. I felt uh, it's smart because Chris Rose is ditching you for the Browns. And I have to show my Bengals love in in his steed. So I'm happy to be here with you. When you put it that way, when you say Chris Rose is ditching you for the Browns, that kind of hurts me a little. Well, I'm telling you, his priorities are all screwed up. The Browns have not shown Chris Rose much love (laughs) as of late. So maybe I need to step my game up. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're you're doing great. He's just he's just sometimes the grass isn't always greener, but the NFL has been very kind to Mr. Rose. Yeah, he's got so many jobs. We're going to start <laughs> it off with a fun one today, okay? Dan's got this going on here. Uh, we had a Jerry and Jolly shout out on SNY yesterday. This is pretty funny. Go ahead and give it a listen right here. Special guest Jolly Olive from the Shea Station podcast joins the show to debunk the claim by Braves pitcher Spencer Strider that the Mets are just lucky on offense. On the latest episode of the Mets pod, subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcasts. I am told that Jolly Olive is the partner of Jerry Blevins on his podcast. Oh, okay. Now, I don't know if Jolly Olive is really his real name. Oh, it can't be. No? Your parents name you Jolly. You go around your whole life, so you people calling you Jolly. What's wrong with that? Suppose you had no personality in, it, in, your, in your people, in your name's Jolly. <laughs> Suppose you have no personality <laughs> and your name is Jolly. Now they're wondering, is that Jolly's real name? And then this kind of came up uh, around here at the at the John Boy Media headquarters. I don't know what Jolly's actual name is. So I'm going to find out live right now. I know you know, Jerry. So yes, let the people know, is Jolly Olive really his name? That is not really his name. Uh, okay. His name is Jack joseph oliver so he's j oliver jolive joliver so it's a play on his name that's his full name i didn't know his lat or his middle name so i couldn't hear the game because i'm blacked out i'm in ohio they were playing the red so i got blacked out on the uh at bat app so i'm listening to the great howie rose and wayne randazzo and uh, my Twitter blows up and I'm getting dragged because apparently Steve Gelbs, who I have, he's their, their sideline reporter, texts me like, what's Jolly's full name? And so I said, his name's Jack Olive. And then he's like, what's his full name? I go, oh, Jack Joseph Oliver. And he didn't get the second part. And so on, on Twitter, they were like, you don't know your partner's name. So we had to clear it up. That's okay. I didn't know his name. Jolly Olive is a perfectly fine name. He sounds like an indie rapper, kind of. Absolutely. Just threw that out there. And let me tell you something, people. First of all, go check out the podcast. Listen to Jolly give his thoughts on the Mets. Second of all, that man had a moment last week. <laughs> I cannot spoil it, but he had a moment. Definitely right, a moment because with- I, I wasn't involved. I couldn't make it, but I've had half a dozen people Say, hey, did you hear about your boy's moment? So it's a I can't moment. wait to see it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's start off with some questions now. And this is a good one to start it off with. I love that I'm in charge here. Chris Rose, get out of here. 
Philadelphia, they beat Sandy. Adamus, they walk, he walks it off for the Brew Crew. Big late inning rally there. Rowdy Telez getting it going. Nice defense too, Rowdy. Then the Padres demolish the Giants. Okay. Assuming that the Braves stay where they're at, first wild card, and the Cardinals keep pace and they win the division. Which one of those teams, Philadelphia, the Milwaukee Brewers, San Diego Padres, will be on the outside looking in come playoffs? Because one of them has to be, Jerry. Gosh, if, uh, if I'm choosing between the Padres, the Phillies, and the Brewers, and the odd one out, <laughs> I want to say the Brewers are out, but I believe – I'm going to say the Brewers are out. I can't discount when Fernando Tatis comes back and what he's going to do for that offense. Uh, but I, the Padres are, they did it last year. They melted down last year. So, you know, I think Bob Melvin and those guys righted the ship, but we saw, we saw it. We saw the possibility of what they could do. Uh, the Brewers have shown, I just don't, I don't want the Brewers to win because they traded Josh Hader and did nothing. I don't think they deserve to win. So I'm going to, Will it that if one of them has to go, it's the Brewers? Oh my goodness, my Brew Crew! And you I'm know what? sorry, that was my first thought too. Because I'm thinking, hey, I was promised this offensive upgrade, right? I've been promised that, and it did not come to fruition. Now, did they try? I'm sure they did. Takes two to tango. It didn't happen. So, in my mind, I'm like, they don't have the offense to go. Okay, but then I started digging into the stats. Jerry, if I said to you, the Houston Astros, are they a good offensive team? Absolutely. Okay. Go ahead and check out every single statistic offensively. The Brewers and the Astros are near identical. The Brewers score more runs per game, 4.63 runs to 4.44. The OPS, 739 for the Brewers, 737 for the Astros. They slug the exact same. They hit more homers than the Astros. They steal more bases than the Astros. Maybe they don't need the offensive upgrade. So my initial thought was the Brooker. And yes, am I mad that they traded Hader away? Sure, but there is some underlying things with his release point that we talked about. So maybe they, they saw that and wanted to get ahead of it. So now, where am I supposed to go? And this is great because Chris Rose never allows me to do this. And he's not here, so I don't care. I'm going to give this answer. I don't know. <laughs> I, I hear him roast you. You can't do that, is what Chris Rose would say. He, but he ain't here. So what am I supposed to say? Philadelphia is, had a shot in the arm with Rob Thompson. He's got the best winning percentage uh, since he took over. Like, this guy has got this team going, okay? And this has been all without Bryce Harper. Something's happening in Philadelphia. They are banging the ball around. They have the pitching. They can do it. I've been believing in the Phillies last year, this year. I never stopped believing in the Phillies, okay? So they can do it. The Padres got everyone. Blake Snell said last year we didn't get anybody. This year we got everyone, and they <laughs> did. And like you said, they're getting Fernando Tatis Jr. back, okay? So they look good. And then the Brew Crew, like, we think they're not a good offensive team, but go check out the stats. So I'm telling you, people, I don't know. If I had to just pick one right now, People are going to be mad at me. I think it might be the Phillies. Wow. I believe in the Phillies, man. They're 11 out of their last 12. They've won six in a row. Like you said, all without Bryce Harper. They have Zach Wheeler, who is an absolute ace. 
um, a real deal ace, and that's not just their number one. Wow. And Aaron Nola has returned to his his form where he's a, a Cy Young candidate. Uh, Ranger Suarez is the real deal. Your boy Kyle Gibson has been pitching well of yeah. late. Uh, they got Syndergaard, who's their number five. I don't know well what they're going to do. Plus, they had Robertson in the bullpen. Sir Anthony Dominguez is is having an absolute incredible year. Brad Hand is resurgent, I, and they mash. They don't play defense, but they mash. And Castellanos is starting to heat up. He's the only one that's kind of been laboring ever since he had that um, little fracas with the media. Uh, he started to turn it on. So I I, th- I believe in the Phillies, man. I do. It's a tough question, and sometimes people, it's okay to say, I'm not sure. Whatever the case is, this is going to be an excellent race and like this this extra wild card team that we put in this year. I mean, like sometimes I hate it, but then times like this, it's like we could add another one because th- all these teams deserve to be in the playoffs, except Great. for the Brewers because Jerry said that they – I just – I don't like the move. But I'm going <laughs> to look at their numbers, like you said. And, by the way, that was a great piece of advice – if you don't know, it's it's a good thing to say I don't know. You're <laughs> don't allowed tell to Chris not Rose know. that. Yeah, <laughs> not in our discussions apparently. All right, let's move on. This is a good one. We might bring our guy Dan Work here. The Mariners slay the Yanks on the back of a Carlos Santana go-ahead two-run homer. They won both series against the Bronx Bronx Bombers, and they sit comfortably in the second wild card spot. I'm gonna ask you this question, Jerry, because you've been there. How much does winning the season series against a team matter in the playoffs? Uh, it, it does matter. It matters in a terms of confidence because when you go up against a team that you've beat, they're suddenly beatable. The Yankees, who have been one of the top two teams in baseball the entire season, can look formidable. They got those pinstripes. When you see all the banners up at Yankee Stadium, the to me the number one sports franchise in the world uh they can be intimidating especially on a team like the mariners that haven't been in the playoffs uh since i was a baby basically uh well i was i'm old man but 2001 sometimes it helps to beat the team in the regular season because you see them as human especially a team like the yankees i love it i agree with you you know i was just in uh, or at the Dodger game. Twins come into town. That's a big series for me. I get to go see my boys. But they had that look in their eye. Like, this is the big, bad Dodgers. You know, can we salvage a game? It's kind of like the, the emotion that I got from players, from coaches, from the freaking booth. You know, like, it was like they were looking like this is, they're on a different level. And maybe they are, but you can't, in my opinion, you got to go into every single game saying, F those guys, we're the better team. Even if you kind of know in the back of your mind you're not, you got to have that confidence. And sure enough, the Dodgers just steamrolled the Twins. So I think it's really important for the Mariners to go ahead and get these series. They're going to have to see these teams. Okay. Now, the Astros, on the other hand, like they got to figure some stuff out against them. Uh, but when they do see, or if they do see the Yankees in the playoffs, I agree with you, Jerry. It's like, who cares about those guys? It might be a little bit different come playoff times. I get the pressures there, but we've already done it. So we can do it again. It can be I, done. I love it. Yep, I agree. Follow-up question to that, and I think we're going to bring in Dan for this one. Okay, Dan, so unmute yourself. Are the Yankees in trouble? They're 1-7 since the trade deadline. They're 7-13 and 13 since the All-Star break. Like, what needs to change, Dan? 
I mean, listen, here's the thing. It's August, and the Yankees have been playing like it's August. I'm not going to get worried about games that are started by Domingo Herman, games that for a good while didn't have Anthony Rizzo in the lineup, games that didn't have Giancarlo Stanton in the lineup. Their team's going to look much different in October. That's kind of like my optimistic approach to it. So, and I like how you said their record since the All-Star break is too many people have been bringing it up like the last like 47 games saying they're 22 and 25. Well, they started off that stretch 12 and seven. So it's more so just 30 games or so of bad baseball. And a large part of that has been without Giancarlo Stanton in the lineup. Pitching wise, come October, rotation of Garrett Cole, Mesa Cortez, Frankie Montas, Luis Severino. I think most of the baseball world would agree that's more than good enough to win a playoff series. It's just the bullpen that freaks me out a little bit. You know, Michael King, fractured elbow. Jonathan Loazga has been awful this year. Clay Holmes kind of regressed a little bit. So I would say if I, yeah, if I had one concern, it's the bullpen. But outside of that, I'm more so just, it's frustrating watching how the Yankees have been playing, not worrisome. At least that's my optimistic take. I think the I think the bullpen's a big thing for them, but Britain is going to come back. Didn't they? They traded for Miguel Castro, or they've had him. He's going to be on the on his way back. Chapman, you know, he's looked better. So we'll see what kind of role that he can come and and find himself in. And Clay Holmes, yeah, I just kind of got to. This is okay. What I tell people all the time is when you get when you start off so hot, like inevitably you're going to hit a little cold patch, you know. And and August might be the exact time that you want to do it. So. We'll see how the Yankees fare. Exactly. And one last thing, that's exactly my point in a way, is that it's August. The Yankees, everything could come together, be just fine by middle of September. And what is what do people always say? The team that's the favorite going October is whoever's the hottest or something like that. Play well. Last two weeks of September, every Yankee fan will forget about how they're playing right now. At least that's the way I feel about it. We do say that all the time, but I did just read an article that stated, like, doesn't matter your winning percentage in September. That's a myth. We all like to say it. We all think it's true, but the numbers do not back that up. Doesn't matter. We're moving on. No more Yankees talk, I think, until the end of the show. I'll, well, I, try my, I try my best, people, okay? I think they're in trouble, to be honest. Okay, what do you got? I, I do. I think. I think they're in trouble. Matt Carpenter has been just a superhero for them. I don't know if that's really him. I, I don't know if Rizzo at 32 is really as good as he is. He, he might need some time off. That's troublesome. Clay Holmes has been unbelievable, but he had so, a wild streak before he came over, and maybe he's got a little bit of that in him. And then I'm not sure, you know, Garrett Cole, pure stuff is incredible, but he lets a lot of little things bother him. And if he's the ace that I'm counting on, is is that who I, I want going against, you know, another ace? I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm worried about him. I think they're still a great team and they can do some damage and they're absolutely deserving. Aaron Judge is the, the best offensive player on the planet. Um, but I do worry about him. They don't have the same. I don't know. They don't have that same, you know, juggernaut feel as they did earlier in the season to me. I love it, Jerry. I'm going to ask you more questions about the Yankees. I love that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to something uh, a little more nice. Okay, it's the Field of Dreams game tonight. The Cubs take on the Reds. I love the Field of Dreams game. We know it was awesome last year. What are you looking forward to the most? We got Votto and Hat mic'd up. We have the throwback unis, uh, the corn maze. What do you got? So it's two of them. Uh, number one, if you've ever 
read anything about me. I'm not a huge fan of the movie Field of Dreams, but I do love this game. I think it's awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to Votto being mic'd up, Votto and Hap, because you never know what you're going to get from Joey Votto. And then the throwback unis, those reds mm. uniforms are fire, dude. I want, I'm going to get one of those hats. I might even buy one of those helmets. They look so good. I, I love the unis too. I agree with you on Votto being mic'd up. That is, he's one of the guys that we just need to hear more out of. I know he's engaging on social media now. Finally. Thank you, Joey. And even Happer, dude, we love Happer. He's kind of got this like, this uh, quiet demeanor, but I always say there's some dog in Happer. So I want I want to see this game be a good game, and I want to hear these guys have to go through some pressure situations. I like like the fun of the mic'd up, but I want to hear you when the game's on the line. Like that's kind of what I really enjoy. So hopefully it's a good game. Speaking of that, we know these two teams are kind of like not the best. You know, I don't know how else to put it. They're just not. Did they mess up with this matchup, or do you think like? Does history matter here? Like if it was the Rays versus the Diamondbacks, that doesn't really fit the Field of Dreams game, right? So do we have to have these old school franchises? Uh, I don't think we have to, but I do think it adds value. Normally, I wouldn't care about these two teams facing each other this time of year because they're both out of it. But I'm fired up because, you know, the 1919 uniforms, you know, that's what we get to see. That's awesome. And the storied franchises, I think the Reds are the oldest baseball team. I think they were the first professional baseball team. Like, And the Cubs have been around forever. Um, it's awesome. I think it adds value having the ability to have a throwback. So I like it. And plus it adds uh, an excitement to a fan base, to two fan bases that are feeling pretty low right now to watch a game, uh, to, to get them out there. And Vado being mic'd up is is worth the price of admission. I don't care what team he's on. I love it. And this is cool to mention that the Cubs AAA team is in Des Moines. So like there is the Iowa factor there. They have a big uh, Cubs fan base out there. Also it's twins territory. So let the twins sneak in there. I, I think they should make this a three game set too. Like the one gamer, I'm not, I like that, but you already built up all the infrastructure. Might as well have the whole series there. I would, I'd be okay with that. I played in the uh, Little League World Series game. I'm sure it has that same kind of feel where um, you make uh, a new training room. You have the the stuff available for the guys. You build something on site. You've already done it. You're right. The infrastructure's there. Let them play a three game set. That's a cool. That's a cool idea. All right, we can't have you on without digging into the Mets. People keep telling me they have a great top of the rotation, but we talk about starters. Excuse me, we don't talk about starters. When I host this show, we're going to talk about Francisco Lindor. His numbers are starting to look outrageous. 20 homers, 11 stolen bases, 81 RBI, 74 runs scored this season. He's one of only four players in the majors with at least 20 homers and 10 steals and one of four with both 70 RBIs and 70 runs scored. Jerry, my question to you, is he the best shortstop in baseball right now? Gosh, um, the best that's, that's in the eye of the beholder, but if there's any other shortstop in the game that I want, I, I don't know if it's there because Francisco Lindor does it all, man. He plays every day. He goes into that three hole in the lineup every day. He broke his finger. He got hit by a pitch, broke his throwing finger, his right hand and missed one game. 
and oh then was God. right back. His low in his season offensively was right around that broken finger. Outside of that, he's been incredible. Uh, not to mention, he's gold glove caliber defense every single day at the most important position defensively outside of catcher. This guy is the real deal. I don't think there's another shortstop out there that I would want for my franchise right now. I think Francisco Lindor, he may not be the best. Like, you know, we talk about Tatis, how much he changes it. But Tatis doesn't play defense like Lindor does. And he's, I don't want to say injury prone or a slow healer, as you like to mention. Uh, Lindor does everything. And, and I love him. I think he might be. He's my favorite and who I would choose to play shortstop for my team. But uh, the best is whatever you want to say. Okay. So Chris Rose would not like your answer because you didn't really tell me yes or no. So do you want to give a yes or no? Give me, give me who else is in the argument. Is it Correa? There's Correa. I mean, Dansby Swanson is having a hell of a year this year. I think Trey Turner's up there. We got, we got Xander Bogarts. You know, there, there's some really good shortstops. Willie Adamas, J.P. Crawford. I think, I think it's I think it's between Francisco Lindor and Trey Turner. Um, I'm going to go, yes, he is the best. I, I'm going to say it. yes, he is the best. Uh, I, just because of he, he does everything, man. Like you said, Trey Turner is dynamic, and I could be convinced otherwise. But, I, dude, Francisco Lindor, watching him play every day, he really is that solid piece in the middle that, that he's, they signed up for. He's exactly what you want out of your shortstop. There's no doubt about it. I got to see him play in Cleveland all those years, and he does everything the right way. He puts up great at bats, okay? He's a switch hitter. He can play – I think he – does he have a platinum glove? I know he's got a gold. Uh, I don't know, man, but I don't know if he has a platinum, but he, he should have got the gold glove last year. Even when he was down, he didn't, he had a terrible offensive year. The dude never made excuses and he played gold glove caliber defense last year when he was really, really pressing when the whole Mets team underachieved, he still didn't take it out to the field, which is incredible. Hey, platy glove winner. So, I mean, this guy, this guy hits homers. He has a 38 homer season under his belt. I love what you said. He plays every single day. He's the antithesis of Fernando Tatis Jr., the fastest healer of all time. He broke a finger and played the next day. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's wild, um, dude. He's wild. I also love that, you know, he comes over to New York, right? Big deal, you know, one of Stevie Cohen's first, you know, big moves that he makes, okay? And has a kind of a down year, especially offensively, okay? And then this year he comes out and kind of erases that memory. So I'm going to say, here's my top three shortstops, okay? I think it's Lindor. I think it's Trey Turner. And right now, I think Dansby Swanson has to be in the conversation. I love Trey Turner. And for some reason, and I don't understand this, he doesn't grade out well defensively. I just saw him make like three or four incredible plays right in front of my eyes last night. The things he can do on the base pass. And I think he's just one of those dogs that like doesn't, the moment's not too big for Trey Turner. So I have to... I'm going to decide between Trey Turner and Francisco Lindor, and I don't think you can really choose wrong, but I'm going to go Frankie, dude. I love it, man. He shows up every single day, and he's doing it in a massive market, and he's doing it on a team that's like, I guess Trey Turner is too. I don't know. This is a tough question for me, but I've seen Frankie so much, and he is able to do everything, and I think the fact that he's a switch hitter too. Dude, we you didn't talk about guy. switch hitting. Like to me, that blows my mind. Pete, that somebody can switch hit 
You talked about Carlos Santana walking it off. There's another guy. How do you how do you switch hit and play defense? You have to do your your pregame work has to be so extensive to be locked in. It's incredible, dude. And he does watching him play every day. He makes the 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 plays look too easy. So you don't get as many highlights defensively as you know as you might want, but he does it so smoothly and and so fluidly that it, it, you make it look easy and and it's not. And as a pitcher, I think there's another test of like how good is your shortstop? Game on the line, do you want the ball hit to him? And I think Frankie is an, an, uh, a resounding absolutely yes. Yep, so, I agree. And he leads he leads that team in a way. Like you can see him, he'll, he'll, when you're on the mound uh, and when I was on the mound and I would look to my middle infielders as Drupal Cabrera was it for me, when there's a runner on second base, I never looked at the runner. I looked at, uh, as, as Drupal. And I was like, you tell me I'll eliminate that thought process. Cause I got to get a hit. I'll lock eyes with you. And you tell me if you want to pick or if I'm good to go. And that's what Frankie Lindor does. He knows where everybody needs to be at all times. And they look to him. And he's able to tell them confidently, like, hey, this is what we're going to do. He's always locked in. It's awesome to watch. He's special. Yeah, he does. He does move people around. I've seen that. Like, hey, second base, get over here. A couple steps. I'm over here. He is a field general out there, and you have to have that as your shortstop. Frankie, I'm happy, man. I'm happy you're having a great year. Leading the league and for shortstops in Fangraphs War. He's got a five war. Dansby yeah. right on his heels at 4-9. Good for Dansby, too, going into his walk year. Uh, I played with oh, him in 19. Man. He's awesome. Good to see him offensively come around. Everybody kind of saw it. He was the one, one like first pick. Uh, everybody could see the future. He's, he's put it in and he's right in the heart of that Braves lineup, but Frankie's the three hitter. Okay. Real quick game on the line. Who do you want the ball hit to more Frankie or Dansby? Uh, they're both really good. I think that's a win-win. I take them both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's I'll take that answer because I think yeah. uh, that's that's true. All right, we're going to wrap things up with a kind of an easier question here, a, a fun moment in Seattle. Judge and J-Rod, I don't really like J-Rod, but whatever. Julio Rodriguez, they swap memorabilia before the game. I think uh, Judge gave him a bat and Julio gave Judge a jersey or maybe it's vice versa. Whatever, that doesn't matter. Julio told Judge, we're going to come back and play you guys in the postseason. I love that. I think Julio is the biggest reason why the Mariners are where they're at, but that has nothing to do with it. My question to you, Jerry is, do you have a big collection of stuff from your playing days? And if so, what's your favorite piece? Um, I don't have a ton of stuff. I only have, I, it was kind of frowned upon when you, when we first came up to like ask for things um, because you're like coworkers. And so it was very rare. I did get, uh, I have two favorites. Um, I did ask like some of my heroes. So I got to meet King of Jr. and play against him uh, and talk to him in the outfield. So he signed a ball for me and I got to chat with him. That's my, he's my childhood hero. That was unbelievable. Uh, he's absolutely as awesome in real life as he looks on TV too. Super cool. And then my other one was I have an Ichiro signed jersey and an Ichiro signed bat. And so there's a little story that goes with that one. Ichiro one of the greatest players of my generation. I played against him when I was coming up with the A's. He was in Seattle. He was the guy I played all the time. And then when I went to the Mets, he, he was in Miami, whatever. And so when he was winding down in his playing career, uh, I went up to him 
And I was like, hey, Ichi, if I send over a jersey from the Mariners, he was with the Marlins at the time. I was like, would you mind signing it just to get the heads up? He's like, absolutely, Blev, go ahead. So I sent him over a jersey and I wrote a note to him and I said, uh, all right, Ichiro, you know, whenever anybody asks me who the best hitter I ever faced in my career is, I always say you. It's been an honor to for our careers to overlap. Um, I appreciate you. You've always been great. And it's been, like I said, it's been an honor to, to battle you over the years. And I wrote it and I signed it to him. And he, the next day he comes up to me and he says, Hey man, he goes, I really appreciate that, that letter. He goes, those are the kinds of things that I collect. And so he gave me, I have his bat over here. It's a, one of those Mizuno like Japanese maple and he signed it and wrote something nice for me. So that, those are the two things that I cherish the most, uh, my Ichi bat and uh, my King Griffey junior baseball. I love that. I need that Japanese maple. There's something about Japanese maple. It's so much harder than any wood that we have. I don't understand it, dude. The uh, You can't even get it as American players. Even if you're a Mizuno guy, they're like, ah, oh, we can't give you the Japanese okay. stuff. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. <laughs> All right, I got a good one. I got a Joe Maurer, the last ever catcher's glove that he used. It was after the 2013 season. We just traded gloves. I don't think he knew what was coming, and – I gave him like an infielder's glove. He needed one. I was like, all right, give me a catcher's glove. Sweet. I got that thing sitting somewhere secure. Don't be trying to come in here and take that from me. One day I think I'm going to. I love Joe Maurer. He's, again, a lefty hitter that I had to face a bunch, man. Yeah, he's a stud. Um, Jerry, thank you for joining us. That's going to do it for the YouTube portion of baseball today. If you want to continue with us, we do an extra half hour on AMP. So go ahead and use baseball today as your code. Go get the AMP app uh, and join us for the next 30 minutes. Uh, on behalf of super producer Dan Work, intern Alden Stone, my co-host Jerry Blevins, I'm Trevor Plouffe signing off from baseball today. We will see you tomorrow at 830 Pacific, 1130 Eastern. See you guys.